Hey guys, we're Tyler and Katherine Head. We believe we live in a culture that deeply aches to be reminded of who we are and who we can be. Through simple practices and rhythmic living, we want to help guide you in that direction by learning to live life fully in your space. Welcome to the Headspace Podcast. Welcome to episode three of the Headspace Podcast. Today, our topic is all about rest. Man. That is such a powerful four-letter word. Yeah, it is. Um, and today, we're not only is it about that word, but we're talking about how we've come to understand it, what it looks like for us, how we've chosen to partake in rest on a daily and weekly and monthly basis, and then mm-hmm. also what we've learned about ourselves and just the gentleness and the Lord's goodness through rest. Yeah. We are going to structure this podcast again like we have with the others, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to pose some questions, or we're going to pose some questions, and then we're going to answer them from our own perspectives. Um, So to start us off, our first question is, what is rest, and how do we personally define what rest is? Yeah. It's funny because this is a three-word question, but it's such a yeah, what is rest? Yeah, what is rest is a hard, it was a hard question for me to answer, but as I thought more about it and Catherine and I talked about it, um, to me, it's an intentional so- time set aside to simply be. Mm. Um, and by simply be, I mean not doing or performing or or acting or feeling like I have to blank. Yeah, um, so it's, it's time set aside to simply be. I love that. For me, I think... It's to prioritize things that actually give me life and to do things that fill me up. Yeah. Which we're going to break that down a little bit more as we go. But yeah, absolutely. it's kind of been difficult to find those things. It and, has. And we're still, and I mean, fun. we're still in the middle. It's fun and difficult. And we've kind of taken it really serious early on, but we're learning to simply be and things that fill us up. But yeah. uh, question number two is why are we talking about rest now and how is it relevant? To our current life? I think for us personally as a couple, mm-hmm. we've been on probably like a two-year journey or so of just trying to discover what rest looks like for yeah. us. Discover is a good word there too because it has yeah. been discovering. Yeah, it definitely has. And like I even just said before, finding those things that give us rest has yeah. been quite the journey. But even more than that, I think aside from us as a couple, culturally, We've kind of been forced to rest rest because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it has been really hard. So don't hear me wrong here because I think the pandemic has been really difficult um, and had lots of different impacts. But it also has been good in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it has caused us to actually slow down and to rest. Yeah. And just from having conversation with some different friends and um, talking to people during the whole COVID-19 stuff, um, I've heard a lot of people just say, I didn't realize how much I needed to slow down. Mm. I didn't realize that I needed more time. Um, at home or by myself or doing blank. Yeah. And um, slowing down. Yeah. Slowing down. We've been forced to slow, slow down during this time. And we're talking about rest now. One, because I need it. We need it. You need it. I believe um, that we all truly need it. And not only do we need it, but we crave it. Yeah, we totally, I think we're longing for that, uh, that deep soul rest. Yeah. 
Okay, so you say that, but break that down a little bit more. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so when I say everyone needs it, I think about um, literally there's times when I have run to TV or distraction or something to numb my brain from thinking or mm. whatnot. Yeah. Um, so when I say everyone needs it, like I'm, I'm craving, that's really my body saying, hey, I need to find some deep rest and anchor down in something uh, secure and solid and safe mm. and find space to simply be who I am. And so another thing too, I've noticed in that, I think, like you said earlier, COVID has spoken to is the pace of our current society. Uh, really, if you look at it long-term, it looks like uh, burnout and it looks like exhaxtion. And I know mm-hmm. personally, um, I was experiencing that early, early, yeah. you know, in my early twenties, just tired and exhausted and, and looking for, uh, for me, I was looking for rest and I was looking for a place to, to lay my head yeah. uh, metaphorically and spiritually and, and not all physically. And I don't, like I said, I don't mean laying down. I mean, finding space to simply be. Yeah, and to find um, that rest. Yeah, for yeah. me to simply be. And, and the scripture that I think about, I always come back to when practicing this is Psalms 23. Uh, the first part of it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. Oh, that's so good. Um, With that, like you think about it from a logical perspective, there's a, there's a journal, there's a journal entry from a man expressing what it's like to find deep soul rest. In Psalms also, it's the same, same guy expressing deep anguish and his inability to find Mm. this rest in this peace. Wow. Um, like in the instant, and for instance, in that phrase, being led beside quiet waters. Notice that David did not make a mistake when he said led beside quiet waters. Mm-hmm. He's so uh, at peace and at rest that he doesn't even have to be led to the quiet waters. He's le- he's laying down beside. Yeah, that's um, so good. Man, what a gift that would be to find that type of rest on a daily basis. Yeah. And I, I'm talking about that so passionately because I want that. Yeah. Not just to wrestle with God and ask the hard questions, but to be... Uh, from a to come from a place so content and at rest that I can simply be by quiet waters. Yeah. Uh, that's just something I keep coming back to. I think even too to relate it back to the the COVID nineteen stuff yeah. we're currently going through. I think as we start transitioning out of this time, mm. people are are most likely going to start wondering like, okay, what do I want to start prioritizing? What are things like, what's my normal life going to look like after this whole situation? What's important? What's not? What was I doing just to fill time? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cause I mean, we had to remove ourselves from that completely during this time. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see how we transition back into what we prioritize in Mm -hmm. our everyday life. And I think that relates to our next question. It directly relates to the next question. Yeah, is how did we come to prioritize rest and what have we learned through it? Yeah, so um, like I said earlier, like early in my 20s, uh, Catherine and I moved here and I was just, it was out of necessity for me. I was like, man, I'm exhausted mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Mm. Um, I need to learn what it's like to find time and place to simply be and release that expectation I have of myself to always do, yeah. to always perform, to always be in action. Um, one of yeah. my favorite, uh, I guess, mentors from afar calls it active passivity, mm-hmm. um, which is a really cool term that if you're interested in, we can break down personally, but that's a cool <laughs> term. Yeah. And I even think um, 
in our first year of marriage, like Tyler mentioned, we were constantly moving, Always, constantly yeah. doing. We constantly had something on our schedule, on mm-hmm. our calendar. And really that left us with really not much energy at all yeah. left to invest in our most important relationships yeah. and actually prioritize the things that mattered most to us. And yeah. that really left our marriage and then our relationship with the Lord kind of hanging on by a thread and, mm-hmm. and we needed things to change and we realized that we needed to prioritize slowing down, mm, slowing down. That's a good one. Yeah. And at that point though, I don't think we were really sure of how to do that. No, we weren't. So we but kind we of started on it. a journey. Of, yeah. That's what started to kick us off. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We yeah. felt it. Um, so we started looking into Sabbath rest and soul rest and there's some pastors that define it. There's some, um, There's a lot of people that have defined it either from an Orthodox Jew perspective or a um, present day perspective. But Mm -hmm. what we wanted to ask the question, what it could look like for us. And we found that for us, the concept was deeply synonymous with a holy peace that, quite frankly, we've only been able to trace back to Jesus and all that Jesus encompasses and how he lives his life um, and how he walks with people. Yeah, I think that over time we've learned that that rest can only come from Jesus. And so that caused us to have a shift in our expectations for the role that others could play in our Mm. lives. And it still is really difficult at times to make sure our expectations are set in the right place. Yeah, I struggle with that a lot right now. Yeah, but I mean, learning... And this is a process. Mm-hmm. So learning just not to look to others like Tyler or my friends to be that source of rest and for them to fill me up. Yeah. Instead, I have to look to Jesus to do that for me yeah. um, and to find rest, a deep rest, like yeah. soul rest, like Tyler mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, and for me, it was less about friends and people because being a natural extrovert, that is fun and filling to me. But it was more about constantly doing. I had to learn not to look at what's the next adventure or how can I do this or how can I take this on or how can I lead this group or do whatever. So it came out of necessity for us in different ways, but out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also, as we've come to understand that we deeply need rest, it has been extremely life-giving and it allows us to approach friendships, family, life, and trips and work with fullness and excitement to not only give from a deep well, but to love fiercely those who we walk with closely, mm. those who we spend time with often, to walk into relationships present. Yeah. And to spend time with people presently. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then let's dive a little bit deeper into how we actually practice that. Yeah. That's um, good. So our next question is how do we practice rest currently? Um, so during our times of rest, we ask the question. Does it give us life? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of like our our filter question. Yeah, and so this has been a question that we have have continued to wrestle with and play with. And so if it's life-giving or if it's something that fills us up, we've learned to kind of prioritize that. Yeah, and I think ideally for us, we try to practice rest an hour a day, a day a week, and a week a year. Yeah, so I'm going to reiterate what Catherine said. The question was, how do we practice it currently? And um, we filter it through this. Does it give us life? And mm-hmm. then we try to implement an hour a day, a day a week, and a week a year. Um, yeah, and 
I think that we should probably break those down yeah, a little bit more because that's a lot, but let's talk about how we practice rest daily. first. Yeah. Um, for me, again, like I've said in the previous, uh, previous conversation is that I am a doer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an action taker. I'm goal oriented and that sort of thing. So for me, slow mornings are a place where I can include, include time to simply be in, in a very practical way. If my first necessary thing is at 7 a.m., that usually means I wake up with an hour and a half before and take the time to move slowly through my morning, yeah. make a little bit of coffee, drink some water, uh, take some time to sit and read and, and pray or meditate on his word or listen to worship music or listen to a podcast or something that is life-giving and allows me to simply be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, for me, that is really important too. And this next part kind of even feeds into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, one of my most restful parts of the day is getting to bed at a decent time and reading. And I found that in order for me to actually get in bed and to read and to rest before I fall asleep, I have to make sure that my phone is not near me. So we plug it up across the room, not by our bed. And actually, we really realized this by accident in a way. Yeah. Because our house that we live in currently, um, we lived here for two years. It's a like 100-year-old house. Yeah, I literally think it turned 120 in 18. Yeah, like yeah, it's like 100 years old. And she's an oldie but a goodie. She is. She's an oldie but a goodie. She's cute. But our only outlet in our bedroom is across the room from where our bed is. Mm. So we do not plug our phones up by our bed, we plug them up across the room for us which actually is a blessing in multiple ways. Like I said, it helps me go to bed well. Like I'm not sitting up looking at my phone at Mm -hmm. night. And then also it um, allows me a better night's sleep so that when I get up in the morning, I can have that slow morning like Tyler mentioned. So it's twofold. It goes together. Plus another benefit of that is I actually have to get out of bed to turn off my alarm in the morning. So that gets me up to prioritize my slow mornings too. And with the phones things... In regards to the phone, like in prioritizing slow mornings, like how you said that, uh, I have set a timer on my phone. Like my apps or whatever aren't mm. available until like 7 or 8 a.m., depending on the day and what I have to do, yeah. which has been really helpful because I sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction. Like I wonder what happened while I was asleep on Instagram, you know, like yeah. I wonder what happened on this. And so I, my with my app being closed, it really helps. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to jump into how we practice rest on a weekly basis and what that looks like for us. Catherine, take it away. Yeah, well, we have prioritized spending 24 hours with like the minimal distractions possible. And we allow ourselves the space to choose to do things that only give us life. So that goes back to that filter question that Tyler mentioned before. But we actually turn our phones off for a whole 24 hour time Which is a whole nother, I mean, that's probably a whole nother conversation we can talk about. Yeah, we can totally have another podcast on that for sure. The challenges of that and the goodness of that. Um, But generally, we have chosen to do this Friday night to Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And we call it Sabbath. Um, But really, for anyone, this is such a great practice to do. It definitely seems kind of countercultural. Yeah. And a little bit odd at times when we don't have our phones and we go off We have to make plans like days, not days in advance, but if I'm going to meet someone to go on a run or a bike ride, we have to 
text them a couple days before. Yeah, and say like, hey, my phone's going to be off, so don't. Just know I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah, I will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, It's crazy what it does, though, to just, you have to trust words that people say. It creates more of that. Yeah, it does for Um, sure. In weekly, I tend to uh, approach mine simply, like just by the day. Uh, For example, Monday is slow, but extremely intentional uh, for me in regards to preparation, scheduling, and setting the tone for my week. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are stacked with people and mastermind groups and conversations and relationship building and business building. And then Friday, I tend to slow down and spend time creating, writing, and reviewing my past week. And even more so, as I approach the late afternoon, I devote some time uh, to mentally and sometimes we even physically prepare for our 24 hours where we turn off by going and getting fun food or a favorite craft beer or something like that. Like mm-hmm. anything like that, uh, we tend to prepare and Friday is a time for me to devote time for reflection and prepping and that sort of thing. Yeah. And like we've mentioned before, this has been a whole process. So during this time, yeah. we started looking into what the Bible says about rest. And I started realizing two huge things that I'd never really paid that much attention to before. Ooh, girl, get them. Um, so in the creation story, God created for six days and then rested on the seventh, mm. which has meaning to it. Very intentional. Yeah, that was so intentional. And then to go even a step farther than that, observing Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. So, well, first off, to even go a little bit deeper into that for a second, I mean, one of the Ten Commandments is like, to not steal, to not murder. Like those to us as a society are so important. So then how I started to realize that Sabbath and rest got kind of pushed back aside as our culture became like started to speed up. So that was really interesting to me and might even be a whole nother conversation. Well, no, no, but you're right though. The literal definition from of Sabbath is a Hebrew verb Shabbat, which means to rest from labor, the day of rest. Yeah. Uh, which we, it's funny because we started like our soul long for this before, but we didn't mm-hmm. even realize the definition of what we were doing until probably like eight months to a year into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that is how God created our earth. So of course we're craving that. Of course yeah, we're absolutely. looking for that. I mean, that is how we were That's created to be. our soul, I think. Yeah. And I think once we actually realized the gravity of this, um, we truly started resting in the Lord. Or and, at least trying to. For me, yeah. it's been a, it's hard. It's yeah. challenging to trust that yeah. that rest can come from that, to have faith in that. You know? Yeah. I think you have to definitely give yourself a lot of grace in this whole process. And You've knowing, taught me a lot about that. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, Jesus has freed us from that legalism that I think we sometimes get really trapped into. And honestly, Catherine has to remind me of that almost weekly is like, yeah. Hey Tyler, it's not about a set of to-do lists. Yeah. I was making to-do lists early on when we were practicing this 24 hours. Yeah. While well, we turned our phone off, he wanted to make sure everything was perfect the way I was like, we he should do wanted this, it this, to be. This, yeah. We should go on the walk at this time. And Catherine's like, remember, it's not about doing. Yeah. It's resting. Yeah. And I think we truly started to allow him to be our source of life and mm. energy. And that became a priority. So then the rest of the week, we can live out of that place of rest instead of just crawling for it Yeah, all well, week, good. if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. We're moving yeah. from a place of fullness and, and rest. Like we're, we're lying, uh, not a lion, we're laying down in rest metaphorically and spiritually on that 24-hour day. And then you know the next six days, we're running towards it pretty hard. And uh-huh. it's funny, though, because as we approach 
that Friday, are, Saturday, yeah, approach yeah. Friday, Saturday, we're like, man, I look forward to just turning my phone off and just being going on a yeah. walk at no pace. Yeah. Um, that's cool. It's so nice. Our next one, which has been really fun, we've actually just started it. Not just started, we've just Try recently it tried it out. Is <laughs> how do we practice rest yearly and how do we want to practice rest yearly? Yeah, because it's definitely an evolving practice. But our goal Absolutely. is to have a week a year where we completely unplug and do something together that re- recharges us and allows us that time to kind of pull back and rest. Yeah. And actually, this first. Uh, this year was our first time making an attempt. And I say yeah. attempt because attempt is a good word. it really was an attempt. As reality would have it, as we left for, Catherine's a teacher, so as we left for a week of her, it was her spring break, mm-hmm. and we left for a week. We had a, we're using um, a, uh, our mentor, he has a cabin in Buena Vista, and we were going to stay there for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally as we cr- were crossing the Colorado border, uh, we were talking to friends and family about things that were closing down. The cities we were going to were closing down and we're like, man. Because of COVID. Because of COVID, yeah. yeah. And so as a business owner and Catherine's job uh, climate changing as a teacher, we were like, we tried to turn our phones off, but it was very, uh, not that it was any one or any situation, but it was divisive because we were like, do we have our phone on? We need to make sure people are okay. We mm-hmm. want to make sure people are okay. And deep down, we can trace it back to our need to control but also it was hard to find a week of full rest. Yeah. I mean, our intention was definitely to turn off our phone and have a week together at the cabin, go on lots of hikes, which mm-hmm. we still did. We were able to do that. Yeah. And it was really great, but it definitely did lead to some distraction. We Absolutely. left our phone on um, so that we could check. I mean, I ended up not even going back to work, yeah. I mean, to school after and I ended up having to figure out like what direction refine was going to take once all these new rules implemented because we couldn't be with people. And that's basically what my job's doing. Yeah. But regardless, our intention is to have a week where we turn our phones off. And like we've mentioned before, it's grace upon grace of just trying to figure this out. Yeah, And it's hard. It's so hard. But we did get to at least like go hike. We went and sat in hot springs and stuff. And it was, it was still, still something that we're going to strive to do year after year. Yeah. And to us, that to practice it yearly as we as we brainstorm what it could look like next year, it means hiking, spending time outside together, playing games, engaging with one another with little distractions, and also inviting close friends and family and ourselves to just come be together. Yeah. And back to I, I love it just to simply be without the expectation of doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what has been the hardest part, do you think, about making a rest a priority in our life? This is a really hard question. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, I've said it a couple times already, but for me, as someone who is just a doer and an action taker, um, it's hard to realize that sometimes the, the very best thing for me in terms of finding rest and growing is to find quiet, to make quiet and mm-hmm. be still. Um I often feel as someone who has some some stuff that's ha- like I've grown up with some different situations. I often need feel the need to compensate by doing, by mm-hmm. being a performer, by being an action taker. Um, and so that's the hardest part is is pushing that aside and knowing that I don't have to do in order to be loved and be who I am, and, yeah. and I don't have to I don't have to take more action in order to. Find worth. Yeah. Yeah, To be enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, that is really hard. I think for me, there've been a couple things that have been pretty difficult. First off the actual act of disconnecting, 
Um, yeah. At times, having sure. my phone on is a comfort in a way, making sure everything's going okay with mm. my family and my friends. And um, yeah, I worry a lot. But I've started to kind of realize that the world truly does go on without me, yeah. which sounds really selfish. But sometimes we feel like it wouldn't go on without us. And it mm. can. Yeah. And I am able to loosen my grip a little bit. Oh, wait, say that again. What are you able to do? Loosen my grip a little Man, bit. that's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And just let the Lord be in control. Yeah. And something that I go back to a lot is that the Bible says that God will take care of the birds of the air. And am I not more valuable than they are? So if God's going to take care of birds mm. and he says he'll take care of me, then I have to trust that he will. Yeah. And we find that rest kind of leads us into that. Yeah. Just resting in the fact that Jesus has me. Yeah. Um, and then the second is that when I choose to rest, I'm putting the distractions away. I'm forcing myself to be quiet and still. And honestly, that's really difficult because it allows us time alone with ourselves. Mm. And I think sometimes that's why we pack our schedule so full is we don't want to be alone with our thoughts. Ooh. And that can be scary. But I urge you to not shy away from that. It's really good to let ourselves actually think and feel things we might not otherwise feel and think and actually give ourselves space to work through it. Because yeah. if, if we don't give ourselves that quiet space, we are not going to be able to work through the hard things. And, um, John Mark Comer, one of the pastors that we really love that talks about this, mm -hmm. he says, let it wash over you, let yeah. it go in, process it and then let it come out and yeah. rest in, in that, and that it's good to process that. Yeah. And in that too, um, back to being the, the hardest part for me is one of the hardest parts the, is practicing grace with myself. So as I try to seek out rest and what it looks like for me, uh, not being action, action oriented, practicing grace with oneself ultimately will lead to an interior rest. And when we believe that grace of God is a gift and we receive it, we begin to move out of rest more often than not. Um, Henry Nouwen said, when I trust deeply that God is truly with me and holds me safe in a divine embrace, guiding every one of my steps. I can let go of my anxious need to know how tomorrow will look oh, wow. or what will happen next month or next year. I can be fully where I am and pay attention to the many signs of God's deep love within me and all around me. Oh, that's so good. Thanks, Henry. Yeah, Henry Nowen, thank you. Um, yeah, that's so great. Moving out of that, that love of the Lord. Yeah, and moving out of knowing that... Uh, you can be fully present and pay attention to what's going on through a gift, the gift of rest. Yeah. Catherine, um, tell them what we're challenging them with this week. Yeah. So as we do with every episode, we're going to wrap up by giving you guys a challenge. Yeah. So this month, our challenge is to pursue rest. And I'm going to go a little bit more deeper into that in our challenge guide for the month. But we're going to have some questions that will encourage you guys to think about what brings you life, mm. what brings you rest and restoration. And then from there, we're going to challenge you to implement the practice of rest into your daily, weekly and yearly rhythm. Yeah. And remember, uh, as Catherine said, we're going to challenge you to implement the practice of rest of daily, weekly, and yearly rhythm. It has taken us two years to even figure out what it's beginning to look like. Right. So have yeah. grace with yourself, mm -hmm. um, and it will be fruitful. Mm -hmm. uh, if this is something you'd love to dive deeper into, let us know. 
And we, like always, we'd love to send you uh, this month's challenge guide on rest. Catherine has, has really made that happen. And it's really cool with the questions mm-hmm. she's asking and kind of leading us to think about. Um, so we hope that you guys are able to walk away from the conversation that we're having today, feeling a freedom and excitement in regards to pursuing mm. the rest that you need in your life yeah. and what that could look like for you personally. Um, living out of a place of rest allows us to live more fully and present in our space. Absolutely. Be on the lookout the first Wednesday of next month for our next episode. And if you're interested, reach out to us and let us know if you would like our challenge guide for this month on rest. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Headspace Podcast.